0: This is Marcus De Costa, pastor of House of Israel UK, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I also want you to know that the message you're about to hear will inspire, challenge and provoke you unto the kingdom of God's citizenry. So listen carefully, take good notes, and I hope you'll be richly blessed by this message. So throughout the journey of transformation, the master Yeshua has been preparing his disciples to get them to the point where they can make confession. Contrary to those who they were in the midst of, who declared Yeshua to be Jeremiah, one of the prophets, maybe John the Baptist, identifying that there was some uncertainty and confusion, Messiah got his disciples to the point where they recognised he was the Son of God. He was the Messiah. And from that point onwards, he began to teach them cons- things concerning the Messiah, as which is witnessed in the scriptures. He began preparing them for his death and his resurrection but in addition to their preparation for his death and resurrection he also seeds in them that they will need to overcome this self-same fear one of the reasons why it's necessary for them to confront this self-same fear which he will demonstrate his overcoming in real time. Is because as an ambassador of the kingdom. If you are one of his disciples. You have to teach what he taught. You'll have to do what he did. And this overcoming of the fear of death, persecution and afflictions best prepares you to walk in authority that's been delegated unto you and the miraculous power in the midst of the kingdom of darkness. You're in the midst of the kingdom of darkness and your responsibility, their responsibility was to take possession to take dominion, to exercise the power and authority over all works of the devil. And so, to do that, you have to overcome this element of fear. So they are listening, observing the master in real time, for the purpose of when he ascends the power the influence and control that the gatekeepers for the kingdom of darkness the religious establishment is revoked from on you you become free from the bondage that satan has over you and you take upon a yoke Messiah's yoke which is easy and light if we turn to John chapter 7 John chapter 7 verse 1 it reads after these things Yeshua walked in Galilee for he would not walk in jewellery Now this jewellery is ultimately Judea, 2449, the Judean land, a region of Palestine, Judea. And it says, because the Jews sought to kill him. So Messiah... He's been sent into the world, but where he is sent is ultimately through his own. We spoke about this when we looked at the Father, Son and Trinity. A a teaching we did some time ago with regards to exploration of the Gospels. But he was sent unto his own and his own ultimately was through Judah through Bethlehem of Judah, according to the prophecy we read in Micah. But these Jews sought to kill him. And so at this particular point in time, he walked in Galilee. What I found interesting with this particular verse, as we will begin to examine, is that the commentary which we read from John makes a distinction between the Galileans and the Jews. Let's continue. Speaking and walking in power and authority, whose source comes from above, requires. The exorcism of fear. Speaking and walking in power and authority. That comes from above. Requires the exorcism of the spirit of fear. We live in a world today. Like no other time that has come before it. People are afraid to say what they think. On paper, there is a notion of freedom of speech. On paper. But more than ever, there is this fear of saying what you think. And yet Yeshua lived in a time where there were people who came before him who spoke for the Father in heaven and it got them killed. Yeshua knew in advance the outcome of the ministry and he continued the ministry saying exactly that which was revealed to him knowing that it would take him to the cross. Before it took him to the cross, he said to his disciples, You're gonna to have to carry your cross daily. You're gonna to have to deny yourself. If you're going to be righteous, you will experience persecution. But it is those who experience the persecution. Who are separated from other people's company. Who are cursed. Who are buffeted. Those are the blessed ones. Their reward in the kingdom of heaven is great. Because the same took place unto the prophets. So he is. He is preparing his disciples to go through it. And he is demonstrating it to them in real time but the writer is making it clear that it was the Jews who wanted him dead the Jews who were of Judea wanted him dead but the Galileans he was okay to walk in the midst of so now We see that there is a distinction between the religious establishment whose base was in Judea and influence, control and power was within the region of Judea from the Galileans, where the the majority of his ministry was. Yeshua is a witness that there is a joy and glory which those who have faith shall enter into. And it's for this cause that he speaks with authority and power to the vexation of the religious establishment, the gatekeepers for the kingdom of darkness, all the while knowing his time and purpose. See Yeshua didn't not go to Judea because he was afraid. Though he stayed in Galilee and his ministry as we've been looking at over the the past months have predominantly been in Galilee. The reason why it's in Galilee and not in Judea isn't because he was afraid. Though they wanted to kill him there. Yeshua knew the time, he knew the season, he knew his purpose, he knew the voice. And as such, he knew when it was time to go up, how he should go up, and when it was time to stay. And over the previous months, we have observed his ministry in Galilee and beyond, all the while not going into Judah. While exploring the Gospels, the narratives so far designate the term Jew to be interchangeable to describe the subjects region, religion and tribe it is using these distinctions that one can exegete from this particular context that Galileans weren't Jews. If these interchangeable terms aren't explored nor understood, then the doctrines, rites, customs and traditions of men can be purposefully misappropriated to empower the religious establishment's gatekeepers. Some of the challenges that we have, brothers and sisters, within those who claim faith in Yeshua, people who have platforms and levels of Authority and power over people. They don't all. Have the same. Methodology of interpreting the scripture. And as such their disciples. Are distinct. One from another. I remember doing some research. And I believe it was it was an organisation called Pew Research Centre, determined that there were over 44,000 different denominations within the Christian religion. 44,000. That is a significant, tremendous number of differences and variations of the one faith, One Master, one Baptism, one Holy Spirit and one Father. All of these differences ultimately come into play and become adopted by an individual because of an individual or a group of individuals who had their own revelation their own experience and was was able to influence those who came after them. One of the things that people have been able to do is manipulate people's understanding of scripture by not teaching people that there are certain words in the bible which are interchangeable and you need to be able to discern from the context what word and how that word should be interpreted from the verse from the chapter from the book and so What we see here is John expressing there to be a distinction from Jews, Judeans, and Galileans. Now, the Galileans, Yeshua could walk in the midst of even though there were people attending synagogue and there were people exercising to some degree the religion of the Jews, whenever you see Pharisees, it gives us the indication that they came up. They came up from Judah. And so, with this understanding, Jew becomes an interchangeable term. Evidence of this confusion with the word Jew is when you get to the epistles where it describes Jew and Gentile. What people have done with the the term Jew and Gentile has created an environment where people identify themselves as a Gentile believer in Yeshua according to the doctrines of men but according to the doctrine we find in the Bible when you come into faith of Yeshua, you join the Commonwealth of Israel. And as a result of the doctrines of men, you have the propping up of those who, who adhere to the religion of, Ju- the, of the Jews, who prescribe unto themselves the ancestry. Of Judeans when when we examine the Bible we find that it was his own who he was sent to who did not receive him and to this day because he has not returned and reigns, we have to come to the conclusion that his own, according to the flesh, still do not receive him. So, if his own, according to the flesh, still do not receive him, do I now need to be encouraged? To try and manoeuvre my life and change my life. To be and look more like his own according to the flesh. When his own according to the flesh in the main. Reject his teaching like they did all them years ago. Now that's going to be for some. That may be controversial, that may be challenging to hear, but it's the reality. It is the truth. It's what we see in the Bible. And people can go into the scripture and take sound bites from here, there, and all over the place. But if you go through an exploration of the Gospels, line by line, verse by verse, and you include the Torah, the Psalms, the prophets, the writings, in addition to Acts, all the way up to Revelation, you will come to the same conclusion. If these interchangeable terms aren't explored nor understood, then the doctrines, rites, customs, and traditions of men can purposefully misappropriate or be misappropriated to empower the religious establishment's gatekeepers. Just like all them years ago, you do not need to convert to Judaism to follow Yeshua. The same issue... That the apostles were dealing with all them years ago, we are dealing with today. Just because you may have the infrastructure of the temple... The infrastructure of the temple, the infrastructure of the synagogue system, and the teachers, and the schools of thought, and the mountains, and the hills, and all of this kind of historical stuff. Notice how that's where he came from. That's not where he taught. That's not where the the miracles, signs and wonders were, with the exception of his own town, Nazareth. So what does that teach us today? People who glory in their flesh, who glory in their ancestry, who want to try and pull you into following Messiah Yeshua and therefore... Here is the, the 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 customs and traditions of men. Want to start teaching you uh, prayers from books, blessings from books, which you don't find in the Bible. That you but you find in in the religion of the Jews, the apostles had issues with that, as we should today. But in John chapter 7, verse 2, it says, Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. Now you will notice that John makes a distinction between Jews and Galileans and then in the very next verse it says the Jews Feast of Tabernacle was at hand so in two different verses in the same chapter one after another John is using what we see in the English one word to disc- to have two different definitions and through discipleship you should be skilled or trained or discipled to the degree whereby you can identify though he's using this word From the context, this is what it means. The first use of the the word in verse 1 is making a distinction between those who were Jews by tribe, Jews by region, Jews by religion from Galileans. Who may, as we have seen, go into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. So there may be some subscription to religion. But as we continue and go along in chapter 7 of the book of John. There was the idea that if you believe in Messiah, you must be one of those Galileans. Has any of the leaders, has any of the the, the Jewish leaders believed on him? So there's a qualification that you need to be able to discern the interchangeable term. And how it's being used so you can actually understand what's being communicated here. Leviticus 23 verse 34. Speak unto the children of Israel. Leviticus 23 verse 34. Speak unto the children of Israel. Saying the 15th day of this 7th month shall be the feast of tabernacles. For 7 days unto Jehovah. You may have heard. I know I I surely have, and I'm sure most of you have. If you observe the feast, that's Jewish. If you've heard that, can you put a two in the comment section? Just type number two, if you've heard that before. You say you observe the Sabbath, that's Jewish. The feasts... That's Jewish. You keep the commandments. That's Jewish. And sometimes people can point to passages of scripture in a bid to give them the validation that they need to justify their position when their position is wrong. Their position is wrong. Their method of interpretation isn't sophisticated enough to the degree that they can see that though it says Jews, this is an interchangeable term which in this particular context is speaking about the nation of Israel as the nation of Israel got rolled in under the blanket term Jews, which is being used in this particular context, this verse, but in the previous verse, the term Jews was being used differently. And now if you are equipped to look at the distinctions of how the term is used when you start heading over into the epistles and it starts talking about Jews first, Gentiles Greeks, Barbarians and you compare it to What is being predicated today, you will begin to see. Messiah was sent unto his own. His own didn't receive him. They didn't receive him. Those who received him, you can say in the first century, those who received him. First, were the Jews. And you can say, well, we need to go back to our Hebraic roots. But oftentimes, when people are talking about Hebraic roots, they're really talking about Jewish roots. But if we examine... His own didn't receive him. Who received him? It was predominantly, with few exceptions, Galileans. Now it doesn't mean Galileans weren't Jews. According to nation. Or Israel. But what it does mean is we have to be wise enough be able to separate and rightly divide the word so we don't allow us to be misled John makes the distinction between Jews those of Judea from Galileans all the while designating tabernacles as a feast of the Jews Yet while exploring the Gospels, it's clear that not just those of Judea observed the feast, but Galileans and Samaritans too. The term Jew must therefore include the designation of Jew by region, Jew by religion, Jew by tribe, and Jew by nation. These are the various different um, designations that one term will have. Jew by nation, Jew by tribe, Jew by region, Jew by religion. Without this knowledge, the religious establishment will manipulate your ignorance. Distorting truth to create fiction in order to prop itself and the kingdom of darkness above Yeshua Yeshua in your life. We can't be ignorant of this device. We have in this day and time so many people clamouring and trying to claim the moniker of Jew. When Messiah Yeshua spoke to the people and said to the people in Revelation, you have tested them. You have tested those who called themselves Jews and are not. They are the synagogue of Satan. In other words, brothers and sisters, we have to be mindful of the devil's devices. We have to be mindful of the devil's devices and always remember that which Yeshua the Messiah said did and commanded his disciples to do otherwise during this phase of great deception you will be swept away by the next wind of doctrine by the tide which the disciples of Yeshua have been warned about for thousands of years biblical Israel isn't Jewish they're not Jewish by tribe they're not Jewish by region or religion. And this may be a shock to some people. But it's the truth. Academia may try and tell you otherwise, the religious establishment may tell you otherwise. But I'm speaking to biblical Israel. Not the uh, counterfeit, the figment, Biblical Israel. Biblical Israel isn't the homeland for the Jews. Great expense, wars. have gone to try and create this this mindset that the state of Israel is a homeland for the Jews. That's against Torah. That's against the word of the Most High. First and foremost, the authority of the nation to exist in that land doesn't come from a state in the first place. It comes by covenant. Covenant which to this day a word of promise that the father himself is watching over and in that covenant it is made clear that it is the seed of abraham by whom all nations of the earth shall be blessed and matthew mark Luke, John is affirming that Yeshua is that seed. But what happens when the promised seed is not welcomed by the inhabitants of the land that was promised to Abraham? Biblical Israel isn't the homeland for the Jews. Biblical Israel aren't Israelis. Now I want you to hear me very carefully. For some, when you hear Israeli, you may hear Israelite. But it but an Israeli and an Israelite are not the same. See, you can convert to being an Israeli by following the stipulations of the rabbis and the state. However, to become an Israelite, You have to follow the stipulations of the Messiah. But what happens if the Messiah is not welcome in Israel? So now, brothers and sisters, what we have is we have a counterfeit covenant, a counterfeit gospel, a counterfeit Christ and a counterfeit state amen verse 3 his brethren therefore said unto him depart hence And go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. For neither did his brethren believe in him. Yeshua, imagine being Yeshua, as a child understanding this is my father's house. His mother, Joseph, looking around for him, where is he? For days. And he says to them, this is my father's house. Why are you looking for me? You should know I was here. This is my father's house. But he knows if he goes to his father's house, there will be trouble. So he abstained from going to his father's house. You may have been in a situation like that yourself. Your father or your mother. Find themselves in a relationship with someone who you can't dwell in the presence of. This person has it out for you. They speak evil of you. And now, because of that person, you are abstaining from going home. You still love your mother, you still love your father, you still love your brother, your sister, whatever the case. But because of this other person, you're abstaining from going home. Yeshua abstained from going home to his father's house. Because of the people wanting to kill him. But furthermore, it appears that when he's in ho- at home his own brethren didn't believe in him. His own brethren didn't believe him. Now imagine. We thousands of years removed believe in someone we've never seen with our natural eyes may not even heard with our natural ears we exercise faith in the witness statements of people we've never met before while his brethren his brothers his sisters Those in the synagogue who were raised with him, saw him, observed him, listened to him, and did not believe. Movies have a way of impressing on our mind how Yeshua may have looked. A tall, striking looking man, beard, wavy hair, the kind of hair you may find in a L'Oreal advert. He walks in a room, sunlight is behind him. The doves seem to pr- f- fly. From behind him wherever he goes. That's the movie Yeshua. But the reality, his own brethren didn't believe him. They knew him more than anyone. It might be the same for you. Your experience may be I, I I've heard the voice of the father. He's speaking to me, he's communicating to me, he's shown something to me, he is using me. The response from your own family, unbelief. But in addition from the unbelief in your own household, there are people outside of your household who not only don't want you to believe or who not only don't believe you they actually want you to be quieted they want you to shut up they want you to fail they want you to fall they want you to be ended all of this was around Yeshua His brethren, according to the flesh, didn't believe him. They at the time were known by, and we can safely conclude, subscribed to the leaven transmitted by the Pharisees. It says here, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? This is Mark chapter 6, verse 3. The brother of James and Joes and Judah and Simon, And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Yeshua's family was known. And was in the midst of those who tried to throw him him off the cliff. Headlong. They were known by the very same people who ultimately wanted him dead. And we can safely conclude that his brethren, his brothers and sisters who didn't believe in him, subscribed to the leaven of the Pharisees, which also wanted him dead. In other words, brothers and sisters, that which you may be going through today, right now, Yeshua already went through. You have this awesome revelation, you have this testimony, you have this experience which you are ch- communicating unto your family who are Jewish, who are Christian, who are Muslim, etc., etc. Their choice is to side. With that which you are teaching against, as opposed to believing your witness testimony. Yeshua had this very experience. However, Yeshua wasn't fearful of being offended or being offensive. The truth. That he taught and demonstrated that vexed the jews unto murder caused those of his own household to be at odds with him we've examined this passage before but let's look at it again it's matthew 10 verse 34 matthew 10 verse 34 think not that i am come to send peace on earth i am come not to send peace but a sword for i am come to set a man at variance against his father and his and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foes shall be they of his own household Yeshua knew this from experience. While dealing with his own brothers, his own brethren. While dealing with his brethren according to tribe. He was sent unto his own and and his own didn't receive him. They rejected him. And now, what the mindset tends to be is instead of rejecting those who rejected him and pursuing him in full sincerity and truth, people have been trained... Through forty systems of interpretation. To embrace. Those. Who rejected him. Even to this day. Sitting at the feet. Of people who reject him. In order to try and understand him more. As opposed to going through the process and examining the Gospels, being filled with the Ruach Hakodesh, so you can have the mind of Messiah directly. Here Messiah is saying a man's foes shall be those of his own household. When you take on this word, you are taking on a word that does not come, or nor has its origin, from this world. <coughs> it's coming from another place. If it came from this world, then the people of this world would be able to relate to it. But they can't. It hasn't gone through the same filtering system of this world to allow the recipients to receive it. And so when you are overcoming fear of death, of persecution, affliction and loss, and are speaking that word that doesn't come from this place, it comes from the kingdom of heaven, then you yourself are going to experience like what Yeshua is experiencing here, that sword in your home. But not only the sword in your home, the sword in your own community. Can't go to your father's house anymore because the people in the region of your father's house want you dead. And he knows this. But he continues to minister. But what's key here, more than anything, is though he knows he's at odds with the people in his own household, his own kinfolk. He can't go to certain areas because the people want to kill him. And those people in the areas where they want to kill him keep coming up from where they came from and asking him hard quick. Not hard questions, but questions for the purpose to tempt him, to try and trip him up. He doesn't allow that to get in his spirit. He doesn't allow it to change him. That's key. John seven verse six. Then Yeshua said unto them, my time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. Go ye up unto the feast. I go not up yet unto the feast, for my time is not yet full come. When he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as it were, in secret. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it. In other words, you are in the world, you are complicit with the world, and therefore you can go and abide in the midst of the people of the world. Which just so happens to be, according to the context, those in Jerusalem, those in Judea. So the way Messiah is communicating here is contrary to how we've been trained. The way we've been trained and have had scriptures pointing out to us to formulate certain doctrines is that there is Jew and Gentile now the Jew according to the doctrine is the chosen people and the Gentiles are those of the nations those of the world but when we examine what Yeshua is saying here He's ultimately teaching that those who want him dead are those in the world. That's why he's not going up. The world hates him, but the people who hate him who are in the world are those who are the Jews. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. This should be this should be turning much of the religious establishments doctrine that may still abide in you upside down no doubt father has a remnant preserved just like he had a remnant preserved who didn't bow the knee 7,000 to Baal But it's a remnant. And if it's a remnant, what does that say about the main? If we don't have this understanding and we don't have this revelation, we will allow the deception that comes from the doctrines of men to try and pull us into the broad way because people walking down the broad way they have determined to be the chosen people when the bible says you are a chosen people you are a chosen generation A royal priesthood if you are those who the Father is calling out. If you are the ones, those who he is building upon the foundations, the chief cornerstone of the Messiah Yeshua. controversial though it may is it's only controversial because there is so much pride and prejudice embedded in the word of god that people when they hear the truth instead of allowing it to set them free they desire to be ensnared by the deception Ultimately, to allow themselves to feel more significant. But that significant is in the kingdoms of men and not in the kingdom of heaven. His brethren's deeds were evil. Which is why the world that Yeshua groups with the religious establishment couldn't hate them. Yeshua is testifying against the world, the religious establishment. And as a consequence his brethren who don't believe in him and therefore align themselves with those desiring to kill their own brother. Let's look at Luke 9, verse 52. Luke 9, verse 52. And sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. Ultimately, I'm going from John 7 to Luke 9, because we are going through the Gospels chronologically. And before Yeshua arrives to Jerusalem, at Jerusalem, to observe the feast, as you'll continue to read um, in John chapter 7, he goes through Samaria. Now, if you only read John, you will not see that which is written in Luke. And before he goes into Samaria, he sends messengers before his face to prepare it. To let people know Yeshua is coming. He is coming. Get ready. Get ready. Assemble yourselves together. Get ready. Yeshua is coming. This is not the first time they have heard him or seen him and if you recall we did teachings some time ago where Yeshua was on his way going through Samaria and he sits down and speaks to the Samaritan woman so he's already spent time in Samaria and now to get to the feast, which is in Jerusalem, he is going through Samaria. If you've been studying this gospel, the Gospels with, with us, then you'll be familiar with the geography and you'll know why it's necessary for him to do so. And sent messengers before his face and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him and they did not receive him, because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. Here's a quote here. The Samaritans were adherents of Samaritanism, a religion closely related to Judaism. Samaritans believe that their worship, which is based on the Samaritan Pentateuch, is the true religion of the ancient Israelites from before the babylonian captivity preserved by those who remained in the land of israel as opposed to judaism which they see as related but altered and amended religion brought back by those returning from the babylonian captivity the samaritans believe that mount gerizim was the holy original holy place of israel from the time that Joshua conquered Canaan. The major issue between the Jews and Samaritans has always been the location of the chosen place to worship God. The Temple Mount of Moriah in Jerusalem according to Judaism or Mount Gerizim according to Samaritanism. And so brothers and sisters, what we have is you have a situation where there are people who identified before his disciples this must be the Messiah before his disciples this must be the Messiah this has to be the prophet and he preached there for a number of days now I spent some time on, in the teachings he must need go through Samaria, give me this water and for salvation is of the Jews. Those three teachings I spend at length describing that um, series of events, describing who the Samaritans were, who they are at the time and giving you references from the bible so if you're interested in understanding more about about that then i I encourage you to go back to those messages but messiah ultimately is heading to observe the feast and on his way to observe the feast he has to go through samaria He sends messengers before him to let the people know Messiah is returning. Messiah is on his way. He's returning and they wouldn't receive him because. Ultimately. He's on his way to Jerusalem. To observe the feast. We can conclude. And not. To observe the feast in Mount Gerizim. Once again, leaven, not the leaven of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the leaven of Herod, but Sam- Samaritan leaven. They who received him in times past acknowledged him as the one that they'd been waiting for came to a point where they where the the leaven that they had was of greater value and have seemed to be an insurmountable mountain that they couldn't overcome and therefore they would not receive the master. You'll find this, I find this, you can be in agreement with people until you get near that particular subject. And it just so happens, that's the particular subject that separates people. One person will say, Jesus is God. Another person will say, that's ridiculous, how can Jesus be God? That's Trinitarianism. As a consequence, people depart from fellowship. There are many myriads of conversations which will end in that way. But Messiah now, his brethren don't believe him. Those in the region of Judah, who he is from, where he was born, his own brethren according to tribe, want him dead. The multitude of his disciples walking no more with him. And now the Samaritans, one of the first group of people to support and receive him, no longer support and receive him. For most of us, that would be enough for us to shut down ministry. You go from thousands of people, cities believing, to all of your support leaving but a few standing with you. Yeshua knows his purpose. Yeshua knows his time. And so he continues. Don't count the bums in the seat. Don't count the number of people that are sitting in the chairs. Or that are clapping. Or that are standing with you. Don't yoke yourself in those kind of metrics. Remember. The word of God doesn't come from this world that we live in. When you speak it. Those who will receive it are they who have been ordained unto this kingdom of Jehovah. And if you're considering numbers. You'll be reluctant to speak. You'll be reluctant to speak. You'll be reluctant to. Keep the commandment. Keep the instruction. All those people want me dead. These people receive me. But I'm going to the place where they want me dead. Because that's the right place. So now not only are they mad at me. Now I'm going to anger these people. But father told us. The truth shall be your shield and buckler. We are sanctified by the truth. We're set apart by the truth. And it's his word that is truth. And Yeshua told his brethren. As what I'm saying to you. Your time is any time. My time is not yet now. If your time is now. Now is your time. If your time ain't now. No matter how many people. Have daggers waiting for you. Behind their back. Now is not your time. The truth of Jehovah is my shield. It's my buckler. It's my defence. It's my strong tower. He is the mighty one. He is Jehovah of hosts. And so those who received him he disappoint. And goes in the midst of these ravaging wolves. But Jehovah is his shepherd. Look at this. Luke 9:54. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. His own brothers didn't believe him. His brethren according to the flesh. The Jews, his own didn't receive him. The Samaritans didn't receive him. And it vexed his disciples Vex them to the to, <laughs> to the degree. Let's command fire down. Not even. See Elijah. When he when Elijah commanded fire down, the fire came to consume the sacrifice, not the people. The people were confused. They were into Baal worship, but they didn't get consumed. It was the sacrifice. The prophets of Baal, that's another matter. The disciples. The Galileans who were with Yeshua heading to, on their way to the feast of the Jews. When the Samaritans didn't receive them, they allowed the circumstance to get into their spirit. And Yeshua rebuked them. His brother, his brethren, his disciples. The Samaritans are rejecting him left, right and centre. They're turning on him and he hasn't let it get into his spirit. We can learn, I can learn, you can learn so much from that. We face rejection, we get in the defensive. We experience rejection, we can get in attack mode. We experience persecution, affliction, abandonment and we respond in a way Whereby we don't know what spirit we are of. Because if you knew what spirit you are of, you wouldn't be acting that way. And this is why the Father, His mercy is described as enduring forever. Because when we are in that way of responding to our brothers, Our sisters, people we chance to meet in the community, responding to those who want us dead, want us out the way, want us fired, unemployed. We can begin saying those kind of things, Father, just take them out, please kill them Yeshua wasn't he wasn't that way Yeshua didn't allow his brethren the Jews nor the Samaritans to get into his spirit You mustn't allow rotten fruit The workers, the works of their flesh to defile your spirit. The multitude left. The Samaritans who previously received him rejected him. The Jews wanted him dead. Walking in truth makes you a disruptor of the status quo. When the status quo is deception. When all was against him, Yeshua wasn't dissuaded. He knew his purpose and plan, Jehovah had for his life, as you must too. Yeshua knew the purpose, Yeshua knew the plan. He spent a whole heap of time praying, hearing from the most High. but it's interesting that Yeshua didn't need to pray to know that it's the Feast of Tabernacles and I have to go up. He didn't need he didn't need an angel to descend, wake him up in the middle of night. And give him revelation. He just knew. It's the feast of tabernacles. I may not be going up with you. But I'm going up. So Yeshua knew his plan. He knew his time. And as a consequence. He had foreknowledge that these people want to kill me. And they will kill me. But. The time of my death, burial and resurrection isn't now. So I'm not going to go up willy nilly. I'm going to go up in secret. I'm going to keep the commandments of God in secret. All the while, when we continue to read, everyone knows he's there. Because when he gets there, what does he do? He teaches. He continues to teach openly and boldly. He's in the camp of the lions that want to devour his flesh, but Jehovah shut their mouth so they can't touch him. Because he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and his appointed time was Passover. Luke 9.56 For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. He just kept it moving. Let's go somewhere else. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Yeshua said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man hath nowhere to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord. Suffer me first to go and bury my father. Yeshua said unto him, let the dead bury their dead. But go thou and preach the the kingdom of God. The location Yeshua is in is in Samaria. He goes into one village, they don't receive him, he goes into another village. And he's saying to someone in Samaria. Follow me. Follow me. Let me go first and bury my father. Let, let the dead bury their, their dead. There were, y- y- Yeshua was doing things prior to. What his disciples were doing. Like preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria. Then to the utmost parts of the world. He seeded the gospel there. He had people. Who were willing to follow him. There. They rejected him. Then he moved on to another village. Then he moved on to Jerusalem. But he sent his disciples back. I'm hoping that um, messages like these will cause you to question some of the things that we have been taught. And then give you a greater understanding as to how to apply the correct use of the term Jew, for example, that's appropriate from the context. Because clearly, there are different groups other than Jew and Gentile. That's obvious. And even within that kind of grouping system, it is clear Messiah has a different grouping system. Messiah's grouping system is him, his disciples and the world. Now, him and his disciples, if you apply the term Jew to be nation then Jew, nation and Gentiles, those of the nation, can be applicable because then if it's nation You can say, well, there were some, there were some, the overwhelming majority of his disciples were Galileans, but the Galileans, they're Israelites. And so the Jew isn't speaking about Jew by region, Jew by tribe, Jew by religion, but Jew by nation. When those who were Jew by religion, Jew by tribe, Jew by region, they, according to Yeshua's definition, are part of the world because they hated him. With this understanding, we don't get misled into following the ways of people who are part of the world. Just because they lived in a territory that Yeshua walked. That may be a challenge for people to understand. But I believe I presented it in a way where we can see it in the Bible. And then it's up to you if you believe it or not. Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Yeshua said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plough and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. The business of the kingdom for those who are its citizenry takes precedent over that of the world. The business of the kingdom for its citizenry takes precedent over that of the world, that includes those of his household, that includes his brethren, the people of Judea, that includes the, the ministry that he did, the Samaritans, that includes your obligation. You know, there are some times where people of the world are going to do things which you may feel compelled to to be a part of. Getting married on the Sabbath day, getting married during the feasts. Having celebrations and times where you may feel compelled to gather and have fellowship with them. But the work of the kingdom citizenry is going to put that sword right in the midst of you and, and, and your family according to the flesh. Your brethren according to the flesh. Yeshua had work to do. If you're gonna follow him, you've got work to do. You're gonna put your hands to the plough. You've got work to do. Let me, let me, let me bury the dead. Let me wait for the, for my, for my father, or for my mother to die. Let me bury them. Let me get my children out of the house. Let me just. My my career's coming to an end. I'm gonna retire soon. I'm gonna have. have, have If you are putting your hand to the plough, don't look back. The bridge you are, you are crossing to get to this new place in your life, burn those bridges. There's no going back. If you give yourself space to go back, you've not fully come. Yeshua came from above and has unique insight as to the kingdom of Jehovah. And if we truly believe, we will come to the conclusion that the kind of sacrifices that Yeshua made, that his apostles made, we should be prepared to make them too. Yeshua came from above and therefore knew what I'm giving up here is worth it. He actually said it's a a hundredfold worth it in this time and in the time to come. His apostles who forsook all to follow him. Who then themselves had to overcome the fear of death, persecution, affliction, loss. He allowed them to see beyond the veil of the natural into the kingdom of Jehovah. And they were willing to give, to give their lives for this, this, this gospel. We are reading their, their reports. We are reading their accounts, we are reading their testimonies, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a case of, well, do you believe? Do you believe? Are you willing to speak when you know those in your own household don't believe? When you know that those in your own household have been trained and discipled unto the way which is contrary to yours. Are you willing to keep the commandments of God just like Yeshua in the midst of the kind of hostility he was? Are you prepared? to speak truth and have those who once receive you receive you no more? Are you willing to put the kingdom work first above natural obligations these are the kind of questions I want to leave you with today thank you for fellowshipping with us today I hope the word was a tremendous blessing unto you if it was then visit our website at hoiuk.com subscribe to our newsletter to stay connected Follow our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And why not fellowship with us live in real time each Saturday at 1pm on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope and DLive. I hope to see you again soon. Shalom.